0: from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe, it's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good
1: afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and those listening internationally over the internet at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnson, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Tuesday on this 28th day of February 2023. And I am thrilled to have a first-time guest today who comes to us by the enthusiastic urging of Jerry Johnson, who is a Reformed Christian apologist and documentarian most well-known for his DVD series, Amazing Grace, the History and Theology of Calvinism. He told me, you've got to get Zach Sines on the program today and talk about his uh, mission field that he labors in to the biker community, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. Zach Sines is the owner of The Shooter's Zone and A Biker's Look, and, uh, we are addressing making the biker community a mission field. It's my honor and privilege to welcome you for the very first time ever to iron sharp and Zion radio, Zach signs.
2: Well, well, thank you, Chris. I'm glad to be here. And hopefully, uh, this doesn't jeopardize JJ's and yours, uh, friendship at all. Me being on <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, before we even get into, uh, our main theme, uh, Number one, let's hear about the Shooter's Zone and a biker's look.
2: Sure. Well, the shooter Zone is just uh, something I do. I develop content for the uh, high-power air gun industry, and so my role is basically to work with several different companies and uh, take their products, uh, create content, whether that be verbal content written content or photographic content to distribute it throughout the internet as far as a biker's look uh, that's a book i wrote about two years ago it's called a biker's look at romans and um real happy with it god bless me with that book and it's it's served its purpose over the last two years
1: and you also have a website called A biker's look correct or a youtube that's correct yeah
2: sure do and yeah YouTube page I have as well too. you know you got to do all that stuff, I guess these days
1: <laughs> and going going back to the shooters zone, you said these were
2: air guns
1: that you are dealing with in this uh, this website.
2: yeah, a lot of people don't don't really realize that um, you know the progression of air guns has really escalated over the years. It used to be, you know, you had your Daisy Red Rider or uh, a, what's called a brake barrel pellet gun or something like that. I had
1: a Daisy when I was a these, tiny little uh, kid.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, now these air guns have really uh, developed to the point in which they're now, I mean, they're up upwards of 70 caliber, 20 millimeter, uh, and they shoot, you know, extremely large projectiles. But I would say they're, They're pretty much on par with, say, like a black powder rifle.
1: Now, what do people usually use an air gun for?
2: Well, you know, probably just about everything that a regular gun would be used for. uh, Going out in the backyard with the kids and just having some fun shooting cans or target shooting. There's a lot of uh, different matches throughout the country where people come together from all over the world to shoot matches. And hunting is a big thing. Uh, These air guns now are capable of taking down the largest game in North America, including Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So it's pretty neat.
1: And how can people find out more about that? What's the website?
2: Well, I have a Facebook page. It's typically what I run off of that. And it's, it's the Shooter Zone on Facebook. So if you just click that in on Facebook search, it should come right up.
1: Great. And we do something here as a tradition on Iron Trip and Iron Radio. Whenever we have a first-time guest, we have that guest give a summary of their salvation testimony that would include, the kind sure. of, it would include the kind of religious atmosphere in which they were raised, if any, and what kind of providential circumstances our sovereign Lord raised up in their lives that drew them to himself and saved them. So I'd love to hear your story. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would love to give it to you. Um, I was kind of a late bloomer, being a believer at 35, but I grew up, you know, as most people say, kind of Catholic, in which we consider ourselves Catholics, but very rarely went to church, uh, unless it was a special occasion or a wedding or a funeral. But I had a big influence from my great-grandmother, who I grew up with. Uh, I was grown up in a broken home, just my mom, and um, she was, you know— Religious, I don't, you know, that's I guess the best word for it. And what she would get on her knees when she got up in the morning and pray, and she would get on her knees before she went into bed and pray. And that was kind of uh, my upbringing, was just seeing her was probably my only look into um, God, even though she didn't at any time express, you know, the gospel message to me or what she believed, you know, still that. Seeing somebody do that in itself, I think, uh, says a lot, especially for someone that's in their 90s. Um, so I didn't really grow up in that atmosphere of being, you know, raised in the church or anything. But the interesting thing is, I kind of always had this feeling. And again, we have to be careful of feelings, right? <laughs> but I always had this. <laughs> I always had this feeling that you know God was going to one day use me. And, and, and that's all I knew was that. I grew up in a very troubled kid, got in trouble all the time, uh, didn't get my stuff straightened out to probably my mid-twenties. Um, but as far as my salvation, it, you know, it's, it's not uh, in any way spectacular, but then again, it is, I guess. I just woke up one morning when I was 35 years old and realized I was saved. And from that moment on... Everything changed in my life. Everything.
1: Praise God for that. And you wound up writing this book, A Biker's Look at Romans. Uh, So tell us about this book and how specifically uh, would a biker look at Romans that would be uh, different from anybody else that looks at Romans?
2: Well, extremely differently. Um, I Am Reformed uh, was... Brought up by two men who discipled me, um, one being Mark Cronwald and another being Jeff Volker, who some may be aware of.
3: Oh, yeah, it's but been I years since I've spoken up
1: with Jeff. I, I, of, know, I, I know Jeff.
2: Well, you should get in touch with him again. Again, he's still pretty active out there. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's uh, how bikers would look at this differently is there are very, very few reformed bikers. Uh, when you go out into the mission field, or you just go out into the world of bikers riding around, typically what you find is, is Armenians, and that's how they've been brought up, and they have no Reformed understanding whatsoever. So, so the book, really, when I when I decided to write it, to me was a tool that not only I could use in my own ministry, but also uh, a tool that I thought that if people would just get a hold of it, bikers. That they would get a, a basic understanding of the overall look of Romans. And basically, how I go through it is, it, it's not a big book because bikers typically don't read big books. But what it does <laughs> is, each chapter. I, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I go through each chapter, and I really pick out what I feel are the highlights in each chapter and explain the critical points in each chapter. And and so each chapter could be anywhere from two, three, maybe even four pages long, but I keep it at a minimum, uh, again, because they need to have their attention held, and and they're not going to pick up a two or 300-page book and read it from front to back. So that that was my kind of thought on the book, and upon its introduction two years ago, it actually did uh, very well for a while. It it went up to uh, number two bestseller in uh, new releases in the Christian category. So again, it was really a blessing to have that uh, out there. But you know, when you're when you put out a book yourself, and you don't have a, you know, big company behind you, there's only a certain amount of time before it starts to fizzle a little bit. And that's kind of where it's
0: at now.
1: Well, how did you first become interested in riding motorcycles? Uh, And uh, tell us this story about how you bought your first motorcycle perhaps one was given to you and you began to ride it and sure and and then became even more interested in the whole biker community paradigm if you could
2: for sure well i had my first motorcycle at 17 i'm now 60 i just turned 60 this month and so i've been riding motorcycles really most of my adult life um You know, and I started off pretty much that I needed something to drive. And a friend of mine had this motorcycle. It was a 1972 Triumph Tiger, which was chopped and raked and, you know, a full kind of chopper. And so that was my introduction to my first bike. I had several friends that rode at that time. And uh, it's always something that's enjoyable to get together with, like you know, like-minded people. And again, at that time, not a believer. Um, And just go for rides and grab something to eat and have fun, things like that. That was my introduction. As far as how I progressed in that, again, I've always had a motorcycle until I moved from Connecticut to Arizona in 1988 or 89. And for a few years, I didn't have one until I got established out there. And once I got reestablished out there and started making money again, then I purchased another motorcycle, and, and I have had a motorcycle ever since that time. And so as, as it progressed, uh, it wasn't long after I became a believer that I met a gentleman. Uh, uh, I was having lunch in this place, and he also rode motorcycles. And he introduced me to Mark Cronwald, again, one of the two people that kind of discipled me as a young Christian. And Mark did this thing called... Uh, Friday Night Biker Bible Study. <laughs> now, Mark came from a background of him and his wife, and especially his wife's family, uh, were kind of big in the Phoenix area in which uh, the family typically gave out uh, quite a bit of money and land in order to build churches. So uh, Mark was a elder at the church he was at at the time, which was called East Valley Bible Church, Gilbert. And so I just started going to his Friday Night Biker Bible study and starting to kind of grasp everything. And, and right from the beginning, you know, it all made sense to me, everything he was saying. I think it, I always tell people there's an advantage to not knowing anything about scripture when you're a new believer because you don't have things to pull you away from the truth as much. You can absorb things and you could really look at it. I think more objectively and and just really grasp uh, the entirety of what the meaning is of scripture. Um, And so that was my case. Everything that was being taught to me seemed logical to me. It made perfectly good sense how it all fit together. But after a while, I started bringing so many people into the group as a a young believer that we actually at that point decided to split the group into two different groups in which I led one group in a different location, and he led his original group, and and it was really a progression from there.
1: Well, I have heard from friends who are bikers, who uh, some of whom are in yeah. the CMA, Christian Motorcyclists Association. Uh, I have right. I have heard. Now, this may not be your experience, and it may be not. A universal experience but at least these friends of mine who are for the most part on Long Island New York uh, that even if a biker group uh, perhaps even a gang uh, even if they are not Christian even if they are not Christian they seem to have uh, a warm uh, acceptance of of Christian bikers reaching out to them, unlike many other spheres of society. Is that your experience?
2: Yes. And and I'll kind of explain it a little bit, because I guess kind of like anything, as you look at um, Christian motorcycle groups, or ministries, or Christian motorcycle clubs even, there is this kind of spectrum in which everything works. The the uh, top dogs, so to speak, which are the the motorcycle clubs that are considered to be the largest most most ruthless club in that area, kind of oversees the entire area that goes on as far as especially motorcycle groups and motorcycle patches so CMA you know they get involved with a lot of things and as as you go up I would say CMA is kind of as you look at the whole ministry to the biker community they would typically be more the people that would minister to just the average biker kind of guy who's not involved in any club and it's just uh you know just out there riding, riding and they come along them and they would probably interact with that person and then you have what's called motorcycle ministries and again these are all kind of official designations within the within the motorcycle community um And motorcycle ministries are a little bit more involved. You know, they they try to do their part in in being more involved with maybe a little bit of of the more rougher crowd. But still, they they typically stay at a particular distance from them uh, and just mingle of sorts. And then you have what I was involved with in Arizona to start with, which was a Christian motorcycle club. And even within that group of people, there is a spread of of uh, what each group would do as far as their ministry goes. So I typically was one that got extremely involved with the more hardcore motorcycle clubs. And in doing that, uh, I would say most Christians aren't typically capable of ministering to that type of group of people uh, effectively because – just because of the involvement you have to have, you may be aware there's this there's this kind of saying from CT's uh, stud. Some want to live within a, the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. So there's this there's this saying, and and I, one of the groups that's a motorcycle ministry uses that, and I would say, yes, there's a there's definitely a place to minister. Uh, outside that yard from somebody who can be very dangerous, we'll say. But I, I was the type of person that I was, I was typically right up to the line. I mean, there was no yard for me. Uh, it was me on the battlefield at the front lines interacting with people in a way in which I feel that God was going to move through that. And even at times, you know, people say, you know, you can't, you know, that. You can't cross that line. You can't cross that line. But I always look at it as, as like a war. You know, Christians are really in a war against, you know, evil. And so I look at a battlefield, we'll say. And typically you have people on the front line. And then you have people towards the rear that support the front line. Well, the only way you're going to win in that war is by constantly crossing the line onto the enemy's side. And as you do that, you're gaining ground and traction in what it is you're doing. Now, this doesn't mean sin. Sin's not involved with this. Uh, I'm a Christian and I'm accountable. So it's never to the point of sin, but it is crossing boundaries in which the typical Christian would probably not have the gifts to do or the ability to do because of the environment that's in
1: well, tell us exactly what you mean by that. Give us some examples.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I, I have to tell you first off that I, I can't mention the names of these motorcycle clubs. Um, it's just, it's never a good thing to do that, so I won't do that. Right, I understand that. But what I'll tell you is this. It, yeah, in Arizona, the what would be considered the main club there, uh, I, I formed this Christian motorcycle club called Bloodbath. And so we developed close relationships with them in which I think we were able to work in, in, in ways in which other groups couldn't. And, and those other groups realized that fairly quickly once we came on the scene and they saw us ministering. And again, ministering isn't always sharing the gospel right off. I believe that sometimes there needs to be a process that unfolds. Um, I think sometimes you have to begin to earn people's trust in a way, especially with a group like this. And, and then once you uh, once you earn their trust, typically, then at that point, uh, you know, you could lead into things like the gospel. And one of the one of the presidents of this, you know, club, which is uh, considered to be one of the top five most ruthless motorcycle clubs in the country, I used to go to his house every week and, and teach a Bible study. Now, there was only a few people that would come for that. But again, just to be able to do that is, is unheard of in this motorcycle community. And so in Arizona, that's what it was. But, but I'll tell you this. The ministry and the mission, uh, you know, there were times where I had, say, 10 to 15 men uh, who were part of the ministry, and to me, the, the ministry was always the tool used to um, to really build the men up to be better Christians, more Christ-like Christians, uh, live their life in a less fearful way. And so to the people that were part of my ministry, they didn't realize this, but it was just me discipling them. That's the way I looked at it. Again, we did the ministry, and that was our mission field. But what they didn't realize, to me, they were my mission field. And, and I was doing what was done to me. I was, I was teaching them every week, building them up, giving them a solid foundation in Scripture, uh, because I believe that we're called, obviously, to replicate. And, and I don't think that happens enough these days. I don't think Christians are replicating like they used to, which is why the numbers are so low these days. But I always believed in replication, because again, that's that's what happened to me. Uh, you know, again, I was discipled, thus, I disciple others. So th- there's there's one example of that. But again, going to their what would be called their clubhouse, you know, it's again, it's there's a lot of bad things that have happened in some of these clubhouses over the years. And and again, it would be it would be something that most of these other Christian organizations. Typically, wouldn't step into because of that. And there's always a chance um, that things can go wrong and things could, you know, escalate into some violence. That's always the case. But again, you know, missionary work isn't necessarily safe. So you just have to take that into consideration when you're out out there doing these things.
1: Well, you said there was a period of time, just like any other mission field, uh, there are Christians who, uh, according to their evangelism strategy, uh, would say that we should try our best to befriend this group of people, no matter who they are, by not necessarily immediately beating them over the head with the Bible, but doing acts of kindness and all that kind of thing. What would it be that you would be doing uh, for any particular biker group to grow in their trust and acceptance of you. <clears throat> and also while, while I'm at it, I might as well ask what would be things, yeah. what would be things to avoid? Um, I'm assuming like some other groups, especially those that may have a reputation, either real or imagined of being dangerous uh, that you have to, Good be, to put it. <laughs> that you have to be careful not to be a poser. Uh, I know that there are groups, even outside the biker community, that uh, they they have a an intense dislike for people trying to look and act like them in public when they're not really a part of that. Almost akin to a guy putting on a military uniform with medals who. Never been in the military before. Uh,
2: sounds like you're well versed at this almost.
1: Uh, well, I, I even remember uh, as a young man wearing a motorcycle jacket just because I thought it looked cool. Didn't own a motorcycle. Right. But I remember on a couple of clubs, and I'm speaking about before my salvation, entering a couple of sure. clubs, and on a couple of occasions, there were a couple of bikers who approached me. And they were asking me who I ride with, and I was <laughs> and I was telling them that I didn't ride with anybody, and they didn't believe me, and I was starting to get nervous, but then it just kind of blew over yeah and they left me alone but you know that so tell me about that, tell me about the whole thing about how do you sure. win over these people without being a poser without what are the what are the key things that you wouldn't do to immediately have them distrust you or have no interest in hearing what you have to say, et cetera.
2: Yeah. um, You you know, these people typically have this great awareness of people who are genuine. Um, They typically will say this. They don't care what you believe in, what your club's about But what they expect is that whatever you say you're about, you better be about or else there's going to be problems. (laughs) So the difference would be this. I guess It, it, I think it really is all in the approach. When you when you come off, I think sometimes um, a little bit unsecure, a little bit fearful, uh, you know, that, you know, you, you just are a little bit standoffish which most of these Christian motorcycle organizations typically do, and and they have, and they show no interest in really any progression. Typically they'll just be on the outskirts. You know, they'll be welcomed on certain things and yes, they'll be treated nicely just because they're in the motorcycle community, all that kind of stuff. But, Again, I think it's in the approach I, I, you know and I say this all the time, I say this not only about groups of people, I say this about the church too, that people could tell when there's a reason not to that uh, there's a reason maybe that's sure, not quite comfortable and maybe you're apprehensive and and um, you're not quite genuine with them. People could tell that I mean people even churches again. You could say all you want. Oh, yes, at our church, we love everybody and everybody's welcome. And you could say that as a believer, too. I love everybody. But I think there's a point in which, you know, that it it has to be shown in a way which they accept. Now, for instance, here's here's something that happened at one time, which I think helped us. We were already well established at that time. But the president of the club was going to get married. And so he knew that I did photography. And so I offered my photography services. I said, hey, hey, brother, you know, I'll, you know, brother, as a motorcycle rider, I will come to your wedding and I'll, I'll take all your pictures for you. No cost. We'll just we'll just get them done. I'm happy you're getting married. And then I knew uh, one of my other guys, he did actually the officiating of that wedding And and so, again, we are showing them that we care enough about them to give our time and our energy to them. Again, it's it's no different than I would say any other friendship. You're you're building and developing a relationship uh, in which you're forming trust. Most of the other Christian organizations typically, I won't say all of them, but typically don't go to that extent to go out of their way. To help them in personal areas of their life, and so again, that's that to me is one of the one of the ways we um, approach them as far as making quality connections with them. And again, I think um, that's just one of the things. I just think that that's the way you have to be. You know, again, it's I always say, you know, as a Christian, that, that we are obviously, listen, we love God with all our mind, soul, and heart. Uh, we, we are supposed to love others as ourselves, and, and so you have to show that, though. You know, you can't just say these things because words are meaningless, especially to these people. You have to show that you are true to who you are. If you say you're a Christian, uh, they want to see some examples of that happening. And, and again, if, if you... If you start to do that, typically, you start to gain their trust, and you get closer and closer and closer to the point in which you're now invited to maybe uh, more things that are limited to how many people come to the clubhouse for a particular situation.
3: In fact, we're going to pick up slowly right,
2: building up to,
1: We're going to pick up right where you left yeah. off there, and uh, and actually sure. it actually reminded me of. My training as a radio advertising salesperson and uh, and go. and uh, I was told and I think very accurately told your main goal when approaching an advertising client is to become so accepted by him and his company that you are invited to the Christmas party. Uh, so that there kind you of, go. Kind of sounds like a parallel. <laughs> but uh, If anybody has any questions. Uh, For my guest today, Zach Signs, on making the biker community a mission field. Our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com. chrisarnson at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least. City and state and country of residence only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. And I could readily understand a theme like this evoking questions uh, where people... Are too uh, nervous or anxious to identify themselves, especially if they are in the biker community or what have you. But it's chrisarnson at gmail.com. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors.
4: James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Bodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arns and of Iron Sharp and Zyron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee.
5: McLaughlin, president of the Securecom Group, and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnson's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit SecureComGroup.com. That's SecureComGroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Armsen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron radio on the air.
6: Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com.
7: The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known, and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arntzen and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to standardbeardcare.com where the standard is the standard.
1: Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. This is Daryl Bernard Harrison,
7: co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tom Buck. At First Baptist Church of Lyndell, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
0: I'm Pastor Kent Keller of Faith Bible Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Andrew Rapp, the founder and executive
7: director at Striving for Eternity Ministries, and the NASB is my
3: Bible of choice. I'm Mark Romaldi, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church of Greenbrier, Tennessee, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
2: I'm Christopher Cookston, pastor of Primeville Community Church in Primeville, Oregon. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
8: I'm Matt Tarr, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Larksville, Pennsylvania. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
1: Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air pastors are your pew bibles tattered and falling apart consider restocking your pews with the nasb and tell the publishers you heard about them from chris arnson on iron sharpens iron radio go to nasbible.com that's nasbible.com to place your order
9: Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society, Jewelers of America, and the Gemological Institute of America, for the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications. Royal Diadem Jewellers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step by step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewellery design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they are continually listening to your input, likes, and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit RoyalDiadem.com. That's RoyalDiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewelers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family, thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget folks, RoyalDiadem.com
1: is still offering Iron Sharp and Zion Radio 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry to an Iron Sharp and Zion Radio listener, as long as they mention Iron Sharp and Zion Radio as their source for discovering (coughs) RoyalDiadem.com. Whether it is a piece of jewelry that they already have in stock at RoyalDiadem.com, valued at $100 or more, or if you're having a custom-designed a piece of jewelry made, <clears throat> uh, whether it be uh, an engagement ring, for instance, or perhaps you're you'd like to have a custom-designed piece of jewelry made from uh, the logo of your church or your parachurch ministry logo, or your seminary logo, or your denomination logo, or your biker club logo, uh, or anything else that your creativity and imagination can conjure up, and you'd like that turn to a piece of jewelry. They are masters at this at RoyalDiadem.com. I have seen their work firsthand. I have a very close friend who has a cross pendant from RoyalDiadem.com that they created according to his details that he wanted in this cross pendant with the crown of thorns on it. It's mind-blowing how beautiful this piece of jewelry is. Well, go to RoyalDiadem.com as soon as possible because we have no idea when they're going to withdraw this offer where we will get 100% of the profits from any sale to our listeners, valued at $100 or more. Uh, So please go to royaldiadem.com as soon as possible and mention Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. We are now back with Zach Symes. We are discussing making the biker community a mission field. Our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, city and state and country of residence. Only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. And before the break, Zach, you were talking about how a strategy of yours and perhaps many other Christians who views the biker community as a mission field is that uh, you should win their trust, win their friendship before you start hitting them over the head with the Bible. And and, uh, tell us more about that as far as uh, we, we we already w- were discussing things you shouldn't do, perhaps, uh, and you could continue on that as well. But also, what do you do? Do you bring refreshments? Oh, and and also, I I do remember that you <laughs> said you, that you offered your pho- your uh, photography uh, services to them, uh, and uh, that Correct. that kind of thing. And I I can imagine that it could also be very dangerous to be walking around with a camera and a very violent organization, <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, tell us, uh,
2: just pick up where you left off there. Sure. Hey, I guess you could only be walking around with that camera. if There's a certain amount of trust that's already been built up, correct? So that's, I think right. the case is, is uh, the work had already been done t- to a large extent to get to that point. Uh, but it's like, listen it's like any other relationship you're building with somebody you know it's got to be honest and again i think these these groups of people uh men are very attuned to when something's not real and, and again they sense that and they know if you're being genuine or not because they see so many people being fake and just being nice
1: in fact um It reminds me of a pastor that I know. Uh, Right now he is uh, on the staff of a parachurch ministry, is no longer pastoring. But when he was pastoring, he was pastoring in Laredo, Texas. And uh, a member of a very notorious, infamous Hispanic (laughs) gang started visiting the worship services there. I think it's because he... uh, like the a, a woman that was there or something to that effect. <clears throat> he, he he wound up getting saved and he wanted to leave the gang. The gang yeah. what, was giving his approval as long as his testimony of salvation was real. And what happened was they sent right they sent somebody from the gang to view, observe him at these worship services. That guy wound up getting saved. <laughs> So yeah,
2: that's the way it happens, right? Yeah.
1: But 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 it it seems to be uh, parallel to what uh, you were uh, talking about. How you know they want to see if you're for real. And I'm assuming, you know, you're hanging exactly around, right. You're hanging around with these unsaved bikers who may be involved in criminal activity. What do you say when they ask yes. you, "What are you doing here? You know, what's what's your story? What are you hanging around with us for?"
2: Yeah, you know. Um... That's a good question. You know, again, I don't, I don't know if anybody has ever asked me that as far as one of these clubs. Really? Because, again, things are you – yeah, I know. It's funny, right? But, again, I think things happen at such a slow pace uh, in which you're, you know, developing these relationships over years that they they will let you in slowly, 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 and, it's, and now it's been four or five years gone by. And now you're you're tight, so to speak, you know, you're 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 welcome within their their club um, to the point in which, again, if they have just a club party, uh, barbecue or whatever, and it's just them, you're always welcome. You know, you're one of the few clubs that's always welcome. Um, So it's such a gradual thing. Again, mission work is never quick. (laughs) You know, if if you plan on it being quick, you're looking at it all wrong. I've been here in, in Appalachia for nine years, and I can tell you this is the slowest mission work has ever gone for me. But um, it, just, it, it, it just takes time, and you can't rush it, and you can't be impatient, and you got to continually be nourish, nurturing it as you go along. So, again, it, it, that's, and again, I think that's with anything.
1: Yeah, um, and by the way, uh, I, I just have to tell this joke before I forget it. Uh, sure. <laughs> this this story, uh, I was interviewing uh, on the old Iron and Iron radio show when I was broadcasting out of WNYG in Babylon, Long Island. <clears throat> I was interviewing a former member of a Hispanic gang in prison uh, who got saved in prison and uh, actually married – Uh, His Christian wife, who was a friend of his mother, Uh, he married her in prison uh, when she knew that he had truly repented and so on. And the warden actually performed the ceremony. The warden had become very very fond of this guy. But he was sitting right next to me. He was sitting right next to me in the studio, and I said to him while I was interviewing him, you know, I used to be in a gang uh, when I was uh, a younger man, and he, his eyes lit up, and he leaned forward, really? I said, yeah, we were called the Calvinist Crusaders. And he said, really? <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, we used to break into Arminian churches and rewrite the words in their hymnals. <laughs> <laughs> that's and funny. Anyway. We
2: should do that, though. I think that's a good, uh, it's a good thing to do.
1: Um, <laughs> but, uh, let, let me take one so again, you okay. know,
2: again, the process is extremely slow.
1: Yeah. Well, let me take one listener question here. And, uh, just as I, uh, sure. thought, this listener is remaining anonymous, just like, uh, I'm expecting this will happen. Uh, this anonymous listener says one thing that I have come to realize with some of my friends who are in Christian biker clubs, is that very often they are so involved with other activities in the club that they rarely show up in a church where they are to be held accountable and have the oversight of elders. Is this a rampant problem, or is this something that I am just witnessing?
2: I think it would depend on your location. Um, I think that the majority of the events that happen in Phoenix, and, and again, Phoenix being 5 million people, there's probably, oh, I don't know, probably 40 clubs throughout Arizona, and and the large majority of them in Phoenix. And so there's always something going on. But typically, um, it didn't rarely happen on Sundays. But, again, that would be depending on probably your location and what those groups decide to do and, and the times in which they hold them. But Phoenix was such a busy area that literally every night of the week as well, one of the, one of the clubs was having something going on uh, at their clubhouse. And so there was always an opportunity because if you went there, then chances are uh, the bigger clubs would show up as well. But on occasion, you know, and, and again, I, I would say just on occasion, there, there were opportunities where we said, listen, this, this doesn't happen all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's as important for us to miss church's Sunday to do this. And, again, I think that's with anything, though. But I, I would say this, whatever time was taken away doing ministry, there were plenty of people throughout the church that were spending that time on vacation, even more time. So we would only leap for extremely important situations and events.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, we have to go to— That's a great question, though. Yeah, and by the way, Anonymous, uh, thanks to the generosity of our guest today, Zach Signs, you have won a free copy of his book, A Biker's Look at Romans. So obviously you're going to have to email me your full name and mailing address. It <laughs> won't be disclosed over the air, obviously. And uh, we will have Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, ship that book out to you. And if you are a first-time questioner, you'll also receive a free New American Standard Bible, compliments of the publishers of the NASB. We're going to be right back after these messages. Uh, Keep in mind, folks, that the middle break is typically a bit longer than the other breaks because Grace Life Radio, 90.1 FM in Lake City, Florida, who airs this program, is required by the FCC to localize this program and all of their programming geographically, to Lake City, Florida, and they do that by airing their own public service announcements and other local things during the broadcast, and it just so happens they do that in the middle of the show. We simultaneously, however, air our globally heard commercials. So use this time wisely. Write down as much of the contact information for as many of our advertisers as you can so that you can more frequently and successfully respond to our advertisers, and we hope that you will often buy their products, use their services Support their parachurch organizations and visit their churches. But when you can't do any of that, there's one thing that you definitely can do. If you really love this show and you're grateful that there are those out there sharing their wealth with us so that we can remain on the air, thank our advertisers for it. Thank them for sponsoring Iron Shrub and Zion Radio just by con- contacting them with the information they put in their ads. So that's something everyone can do if you truly are grateful that there are supporters of this program. And also, send in your questions to Zach Sines, chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Zach Sines right after these messages.
4: James White of Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharp and Zyron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code g 3 isir for your 30% discount off the registration fee.
1: If you're near retirement or thinking about retiring, you probably have questions. How do you make your savings last? How much should you take out and when? You're ready for retirement, but are your finances? Art Amundsen, an Edward Jones Financial Advisor, can help you build a strategy to help make sure your finances keep up with your long-term needs. Do what it takes to get there. Now it's time to make the most of retirement. Visit edwardjones.com. That's edwardjones.com. Or call 717-258-4688. 717-258-4688. We here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio are forever grateful for the generous financial support of Art Amundsen, Edward Jones Financial Advisor in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Call 717-258-4688 today.
10: If you love Iron Sharpen's Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Hansen is doing is Daniel P. Puttifuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuoco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel, and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpen's Iron Radio on the air.
1: sharpens iron radio first launched in 2005 the publishers of the new american standard bible were among my very first sponsors it gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the iron sharpens iron radio audience have been sticking with or
0: switching to the nasb i'm dr joseph piper president and professor of systematic and homiletical theology at greenville presbyterian theological seminary in taylor's south carolina and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White at the First Trinity Lutheran
4: Church in Tonawanda, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
7: I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
3: I'm Pastor Jesse Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardenville, Nevada. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
6: I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor
1: Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas, and the NASB
4: is my Bible of choice.
0: I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
1: Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB and tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order.
8: Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com.
11: day at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org.
4: James White of and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest in buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessial in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art for more details on post tenebrous Lux bible rebinding go to ptl bible that's ptl bible
1: As host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, I frequently get requests from listeners for church recommendations. A church I've been strongly recommending as far back as the 1980s is Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how he shall be worshipped and how he shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. Grace Covenant Baptist Church endeavors to maintain a God-centered focus. Reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship, performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at GCBCNJ.Squarespace.com. That's GCBCNJ.Squarespace.com. Or call them at 908-996-7654. That's 908-996-7654. Tell Pastor Dunn that you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio.
12: Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a
9: publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And
1: don't forget, folks, please make solid-ground-books.com your very first stop for all your gift-giving needs. They bring back into print and also publish for the first time Nothing but the finest in Christian literature dating back to the Protestant Reformation and extending forward to our present day, including such modern-day authors as Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. So please visit solid-ground-books.com frequently, purchase generously. Always mention that you heard about them from Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Before I return to my guest today, Zach Sines, and our discussion on making the biker community a mission field. I just have a couple of very important announcements to make, folks. If you love the show, <clears throat> you don't want the show to disappear. Please go to ironsharpensironradio.com, dot click support, then click click to donate now. You can donate instantly with a debit or credit card in that fashion, and uh, if you prefer. Snail mail, the old-fashioned way, of sending in a physical check to a physical address. There will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at Ironsharpensironradio.com, where you can mail your checks made payable to and Zion Radio. If you want to advertise with us, whether it be your business, your private practice, like a law firm, a medical firm, uh, whether it be your church or it be a parachurch ministry, or maybe it's just a special event that you're involved in that you want to promote. Well, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com, and as long as whatever it is you desire to promote is compatible with what I believe, you don't have to believe identically with me, but whatever it is you're promoting needs to be at least compatible with what I believe, then I would, have, I would love to help you launch an ad campaign immediately, because we are just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars, as we are in your donations. So send me that email at chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. Also, I want to let you folks know about a very important Bible conference that's coming up March 3rd through the 5th. So that's gonna be right around the corner. Uh, This is the first annual First Love Ministries Bible Conference in Milton, Florida, being held at First Baptist Church of Baghdad in Milton, Florida. My friend, Pastor Joe Jackowitz, uh, founder of First Love Ministries, is one of the speakers, and there's a whole long roster of excellent speakers on that list. Uh, First Love Ministries is the parent ministry over First Love Radio, and First Love Radio is who live streams this program that you're listening to right now. So if you want more details about this free conference, it's absolutely free, March 3rd through the 5th in Milton, Florida. That's the first annual First Love Ministries Bible Conference on the theme of the new birth, by the way, examining the new birth. Go to firstloveministries.org, firstloveministries.org. Last but not least, if you uh, do not have a church home that is Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, theologically sound, and doctrinally solid, no matter where on the planet Earth you live. I may be able to help you find a church, and I have helped people in our audience from all parts of the world on occasion find churches that are only a couple of minutes from where they live. So that could be you, no matter where you live. I have extensive lists of faithful churches spanning the globe. So who knows? I may know of one that's right near you, wherever you live. Send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com, And uh, you will uh, just put, uh, I need a church, in the subject line. That's also the email address where you can send in a question to Zach Signs. That's chrisarnzen at gmail.com, Chrisarnzen at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state of residence, and your country of residence if you live outside the USA. Only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. We have a question uh, from Arnie in Perry County, Pennsylvania. Uh, are you there, Zach? Uh, for some reason, I think Zach is still muted. Are you there, Zach?
2: Um, no, I, I'm back. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, Arnie in Perry County, Pennsylvania wants to know, Is do you counsel those involved in this kind of ministry about the danger of motives for being in such a ministry. There are men who are fully aware that women, both those in the church and outside the church, love bad boys. That's, I think, a tragic reality that a Christian, God-fearing, Bible-loving, Christ-loving woman would love or be attracted to a bad boy. And being a poser of bikers would be very much in harmony with that. You want to look like you're dangerous, etc. Isn't that a danger of sinning in that way, and do you warn men about that?
2: Yeah, you know, again, it's uh, as a a ministry leader, um, just like being a pastor, you know, you have to know the people, I think, um, that are part of your ministry or part of your church, hopefully well enough, and again, in bigger churches this can happen, to know what their limitations are. And again, this is, is, to me, more of a discipleship program uh, for men that I recognize need to be uh, built up into stronger biblical men. So, in saying that, I have a responsibility over everybody that comes with us that goes to these uh, different clubhouses and things like that, I have a responsibility to watch over them. So in doing that, you have to know the clubs really well, uh, and you have to know key people in the clubs really well to make sure nothing happens, uh, as far as a physical aspect, though it could always happen. But as far as lusting and things like that, yeah, you know, again, I tell all my guys, and again, I get to know them well, um, you know, if you have an alcohol problem, hey, stay outside the clubhouse. There's plenty of people out there hanging around you could talk to and develop relationships with. If, you know, if there's something going on inside that, uh, you know, in any way could challenge your faith, stay outside. Again, stay outside. I get to know them well enough where I will tell them sometimes, hey, you stay outside. Stay with the bikes, you two. There's, you know, a bunch of other prospects out there with with their club's bikes. Go talk to them and, and, uh, you know, develop some relationships there. Typically, those relationships that are built with the new people that come into clubs, prospects, when you treat them really well, typically when that person becomes a full-patch member or maybe even hopefully one day the president of that club, they remember that. They remember how you treated them. So in in all these situations, it's no different than anything else. Look, I'm not going to say that this is is for everybody because it's not. And I'm not going to say that this is. Uh, a, a safe ministry or mission to be in because it's not. Um, I've been surrounded by club members on uh, numerous occasions, <laughs> and again, it's it's uh, it's a form of them testing you. You know, you get five or six big burly guys, and I'm not a small guy, and I think that probably had a lot to do with uh, being accepted. You know, I'm I'm six foot, 220 pounds, and you know, I'm a big guy, muscular guy, um, but. There are times in which they will they will test you, and the testing is surrounding you, getting you away from your other guys, uh, being threatening to you, to see how you'll respond to that. And again, this isn't for everybody, and, and I can tell you, as far as me, I don't I don't have typically any fear. <laughs> so when when that happened to me, you know, it's pretty common that I'll just look whoever's the lead guy. Uh, in the eyes, and I'll just say, "Here I am. What do you, you want to do? Here I am. You know. And again, that they, I think that's part of the acceptance. And again, this has happened with more than one club. It, I don't have any problems standing toe to toe with guys and saying, "You want to test me? Here I am." Um, it's luckily, it's never transpired into something beyond that point. But if you go to the Middle East, you know, if you go to certain parts of South America, you go to Russia, places like that, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So this ministry isn't for the um, weak-minded or or even sometimes the physically weak. You know, it, it's, this is a ministry in which... Um, you should know yourself very well. In First Corinthians 9, Paul says, be all things to all people, and he goes through this list. I don't think he's telling us to make sure that we know each culture around us well. I think what he's saying is whatever culture you decide to go into, that you better know yourself. You better know your, your capabilities. You better know your gifts. Um, and and again, you have to be prepared to do do this kind of ministry at this level, uh, it, it's it's not the type of ministry you could just come into and think, you know, that you're going to have any success right off the bat. It, it it takes years to do this. And for all the new guys that come in or that came in uh, to my club, I would tell them right off: say nothing, don't look into, don't look at anybody directly. Um, take off your hat and your sunglasses because they want to see your eyes. Take up uh, gloves if you have them on, because if somebody wants to shake your hand, it's an insult to shake their hand with a glove on. Again, this, this is no different than any other missionary field in which there's training involved. Again, you go to any place in the world to do missions, there's a requirement of training that goes into that. This is no different. There's a requirement of training in which that new person coming in needs to be built up in a way in which uh, there is the least amount chance of failure there can be or violence put upon that person there could be. All my guys knew when we would go to a clubhouse, and again, there were more clubhouses that were more threatening than others, they all knew, and I would tell them going in, I don't want anybody out of line of sight with me because things go sideways quick in these places i mean we've been to clubhouses where you know uh, if we didn't leave there right now uh, there was one shootout in which i think one person was killed and three other people were shot It, it it only what only saved us was me understanding and and seeing the tensions around us and knowing when to say let's go now and my guys knew you keep in the line of sight There were clubhouses that we went to, speaking on the women aspect of it, in which we would develop relationships with enough to bring some of the women who we did consider important parts of the ministry um, in order to then socialize with the women in that club because, you know, typically there's a lot of problems in that type of scenario in, in club life. There's a lot of problems. Uh, not only with the guys, but with the women as well. You know, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be violence, whatever it is. There's problems. And so there's a certain amount of training that needs to go in to the women as well, as far as what they need to know to handle themselves properly and not get in any trouble. So, again, I, you know, do I do I say for everybody, hey, yeah, you should become part of this this type of uh, mission work? No, no. Because again, this is a small, um, this is a, a minority of Christians, probably a small minority of Christians, in which can be in this missionary field, and and have not only what hopes to be success, but not having the life beaten out of you as well. Again, this is this can be an extremely dangerous place to be. So I don't want to I don't want to give anybody the impression that you know everything is roses. It's not. It's, it's not, not at all. And it is not a safe place. And again, husbands have to know their wives well in order to bring them uh, into the ministry. I have to know them well. So typically anybody that was part of us, you know, the mandatory thing was you had to come to all the Bible studies. Um, you had to spend, you know, a, a, a good amount of time with us in order to, to, you know, for me to kind of see who you are and how you act and, I've just been really good with kind of seeing in people who they are. It's kind of a gift I've been given. And again, it's kept me and a lot of my people out of trouble, but you have to just be able to have the gifts in order to see who people are to trust enough to bring them into that situation to begin with. Um, Again, it's important to know. I don't care what missionary field you go into. I don't, I don't even care. And listen, life is a missionary journey for every Christian. If you don't think you're a missionary, I don't, you know. Again, I don't. I don't know how you say you're a Christian. We are called to be out in the world, and that's anywhere in the world. That could be your next door neighbor, or that could be, you know, a motorcycle club, or that could be, you know, Middle East or in North Africa or wherever it is. Um, everybody is called to be a missionary in some form or another, and it's important that you know who you are. And I would give the same, the same. You know, thing to a church—the same uh, statement. I was part of a church in in uh, Arizona, in which the first church I actually went to was a a church that was sent out to uh, plant a church at Arizona State University, and so it, it it was very intentional. You know, we we knew who the people were that we wanted to minister to. Um, and, and so that, that was our focus, was that. Again, That's it's the same way in any missionary field. You have to know the people that you're going to be uh, ministering to. So within that, we, we were very lucky. We had a gifted pastor at the time, and we, I think, built up our church from about 25 people to start to roughly, I don't know, seven or 800 people in the first year. Um, and then there was a point in which the pastor had stepped down, and I don't really think it was had everything to do with him, but he just felt it was the best thing to do. But in any case, we had gotten a new pastor, and part of the requirement when we were looking for a new pastor was that you have an interest in this outreach ministry to Arizona State University, and which this person said they did. Well, that changed pretty quickly. <laughs> and so when I realized and when they had kind of verbally said that we're going in a new direction, I made a statement in which nobody understood. And again, having been in ministry, I think it's an important thing to to ask yourself uh, as a church as well. Who are the people you're seeking? And again, usually the response is, we want all people to come here, you know, which is nice to say, but the reality is, is, that's not going to happen. The reality is, is not only as individuals do we have certain gifts and, and uh, things about us that make us um, maybe more successful in some ministry or mission. The church is no different. Every and this is what I said to the to the new pastor. I said everything this church does, from how you preach to the color on the walls, affects. Who's going to come into this church? Now, I know I know. we wish it, that wasn't the case. Right? We all say that. Well, that's not the reason why you go to church, because of color on walls. No. It's not why you go to church because of, of the people that treat you bad in there. No. But the reality is, as, as human beings, we tend to um, have things built into us that attract us to certain churches. Um, and, and I you know, again his response is we want to reach out to everybody and i would say okay that's great but we we had a mission of reaching out to asu students and we were very successful at that it sounds like you have no direction and again that's exactly what i said to him because the reality is he didn't have any direction of where we we're going to go from for, a ch- for a church you you can't just have this broad stroke and say we're gonna you know we want everybody to come in here no we're not going to go out to anybody but we want everybody to come here Again, that's, that's not how it works. It would be so nice if we could just, you know, plant a church and not think about anything and it just be filled up, every single church. That's not the way it works. It's a lot of hard work. You know, again, our, our ministry in Phoenix led up to us planting a church and, and having a church for three years until the housing market crashed there. But, again, you know, you – this, this stuff, whether it be church or whether it be missions or whether it be ministry, you have to be intentional. I'm, I mean, you, you just do. Paul was in very intentional in everything he did. And I think that's why his comments in First Corinthians Corinthians 9, I think that's what he's talking about. You know, you, you better know who you're going to. You better know who you're here for. You know, you, you that better be intentional. You, you, what's your intent? Do you know who you are? Do You know who you are as a church. You know who you are as a person. Do you know your capabilities? Do you know your, you know your, your lackings? Again, these are all things that everybody needs to think about. And when you don't, when you're not intentional, and you don't know who you are as a person, or you, or you don't know who you are as a church, it becomes very difficult to be successful uh, in the Christian field. It, it just does. All these things have to be thought about. And so, again, with every ministry you're in, there's a thousand things to think about. And, and it's the person who, who is the overseer, again, whether it be a ministry, whether it be missionary work, whether it be a church. I, I say they're all kind of the same uh, to a certain extent. You know, again, there's a lot of responsibility in that. And not just anybody can do it. You, again, you have to have the right gifts and the right talents and the right smarts and everything else that go along with it to be able to lead a group of people and, and hopefully God be successful through that.
1: Uh, I, I want to revisit.
2: So that's a, that's a short answer, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to revisit Arnie's question <laughs> after I read another question sure. that actually hinges on exactly what you were talking about. Uh, we have Cindy in Findlay, Ohio. Who asked? To your knowledge, have Christ- okay. have Christians ever been physically harmed or worse by mixing with dangerous biker clubs during evangelistic efforts?
2: You know, I, I haven't seen it personally. Um, oh, actually, I did once. Yeah, there was there was this guy. Um, I won't say the organization or the motorcycle, Christian motorcycle club he was a part of, <laughs> but he was he was very disliked. Um, and again, that's 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 comes down to these people are really good at seeing through people.
1: They didn't like his so superlapsarianism. They didn't and like, so it, like this. They didn't like his superlapsarianism. <laughs> I'm only kidding.
2: I don't know what they didn't like about him, but he, well, I probably do. He, he just wasn't genuine, you know. And again, I... They see through that in a second. So him and his, he'd come into this event in which it was probably about twenty clubs that day, and uh, they, you know, word got around, hey, he's here, and, and so it wasn't very long after that they pretty much chased him out of there, and he got out of there before they got a hold of him. What they would have done to him, I don't know. Um, whether they would actually have been physical to him or not, I don't know. But again. It's dangerous out there. <laughs> it, you know, again, it's, it's dangerous if you're trying to uh, to talk to Christ, to uh, Muslims in North Africa. It's dangerous if you go to, you know, Iran and try to preach the gospel. It, yeah, you know, look, I mean, look at Paul. Paul was, you know, how many times is he beaten and stoned and all these things? It, it's not for everybody. Can it happen? Yeah. Has it happened? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of it. You know, are you, are you ready to give everything to, to the glory of God and to the service of Christ? And again, that looks differently for a lot of different people. Uh, but for me, my everything is if harm comes to me, it comes to me. Uh, you know, again, I'm not afraid of that. I'm a stage four cancer survivor. Yeah, I'm not afraid of much. And I wasn't afraid of much before that. Um, so, you know, you, you're doing it for the right reason. Can you be killed? Can you be beaten up? You know, yeah, yeah, you can. You can. And again, you, whoever's running the show better have enough insight into what's going on around them that he sees it coming before it actually happens.
1: Well, thank you, Cindy in Findlay, Ohio. <laughs> and uh, please give us your mailing address because you have also won a free copy of the book we have been discussing. Uh, A Biker's Look at Romans, and uh, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, CVBBS.com, will ship that out to you. Um, I'm going back to Arnie in Perry County's question, which actually started this thread. I believe, and Arnie, if he wants to correct me, if I'm misunderstanding his question, he can chime in with another email. Temptation, but yeah, I th- I think what he was talking about is the danger. I'm not talking about physical danger necessarily. The or Arnie was likely yeah. not, The the danger of a desire to appear as a as a wicked person because you know there is an element of the uh, opposite sex. Who enjoys that? Even in the church, I mean, I've even had conversations
5: oh, with women okay.
1: who love the bad boy. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 evil to be, to be attracted to something that is the personification of violence and se- yeah. sexual looseness. To, to give other parallels, just like there are some women, and I, oh, and okay. I know, I know okay. that I know that some women dress provocatively. Out of naivete, but there are also some, I believe, sure. who, who are dressing that way because they want uh, men to question uh, their, ch- their their ch- their chastity or whatever. And and <laughs> even even I remember as a young Christian man going to a lot of Christian rock concerts, and there were certain groups that intentionally appeared androgynous and effeminate, which would be obviously the polar opposite thing sure. to, to a biker. But they were trying to right. appeal to the crowd by 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 appearing in a way that is ungodly, you know, with the women's face makeup and false eyelashes and the, the skin tight yeah, spandex. I, I, so you know what I'm talking about, or what uh, likely this uh, yeah, okay, so let talking so about.
2: As, as far as the point of dressing like a hardcore biker in order to then go out into uh, the motorcycle club world to hopefully uh, hook up with one of the women that's there. Um, You know, again, that's, yeah, I would say I I would spot that problem right off. And I'll be honest with you, typically there weren't too many single people involved with my ministry. I usually was the only one who was, honestly. (laughs) So, but but in saying that, um Obviously, that's not the intention. Now do you do you dress in Muslim garb uh, when you go to a Muslim country in the hopes of hooking up with some woman there? I mean, no. <laughs> so you know again, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, because of women over there would be attracted to you dressing up in some Muslim garb. It, again, that's that's not the reason why you do it. And again, I, I think I have a very good eye to see through people that are not right for the ministry um, that are doing that, whether whether it be doing that or whether it be, you know, I catch a whiff of them doing some drugs or drinking alcohol. Uh, Not that I'm necessarily against drinking alcohol. It's just, you know, if I smell booze on your breath and we're going out to some motorcycle club and, and, you know, depending on where you are in the country, in Arizona, they expect that if you're a Christian, they don't want to see you drinking. That's the way it is there. Um, here where I'm at now, in southwest Virginia, they don't necessarily care. But again, you again, it all comes down to being a good leader who is qualified and is gifted with the right things in order to see through the people you're bringing in to the ministry.
1: We have uh, Joseph in south-central Pennsylvania. Oh, by the way, uh, Marnie, you've also won a free copy of... A Biker's Look at Romans. Uh, So make sure we have your full mailing address of that Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, CVBBS.com, can ship that out to you. Uh, Joseph in South Central Pennsylvania asked, was there ever an occasion, or maybe even more than one, when you and your Christian evangelists had to get up and walk out of a certain biker event because there was possibly... Public sex going on or the doing of drugs, et cetera.
2: No, um, only violence. <laughs> as far as uh, public sex, no. Um, drugs, no. You know, it's the clubs are being looked at um, so severely these days that most of these clubs, honestly, have a general rule. No drugs in a clubhouse because they know that they're constantly being watched. So that goes, that's as far as drugs. Would there be possibly public sex? I don't, you know, I would say that we usually get out of there uh, well enough before they're that drunk where that may happen. (laughs) Um, So, but again, you know, you have to be careful with everything. And I'll say this, you know, besides what I already said about being surrounded by certain clubs and certain club members in order to be tested because of my close connections with these two motorcycle clubs I've spent 20 years with. I am now myself on what's called the gang task force list. And it's very difficult for me to go to some countries. I had uh, I was going to go to Canada for a friend of mine's wedding from church. And so when I went to Go through the crossing to Canada, Uh, I was detained. And the first question that was asked to me was, are you still part of the motorcycle club? And I said, well, it's a Christian motorcycle club. (laughs) He said, that's not the question. I said, yeah, I am. He said, all right. He goes, I need you to come into this room with me. And I was detained for probably about an hour and a half in which I had to get onto the the phone with a supervisor down in San Francisco or L.A., And talked to her for for that entire time on and off as she was searching through my background to try to determine whether they were going to let me in or not. And eventually they did. And I asked the guy, and the guy said, he says, I'm a Christian. I said, so does this happen a lot? He said, yeah. I said, uh, how often do they turn people away? He goes, you're the first I, I've seen that they haven't turned away.
12: <laughs> wow. I would assume so, that in again, Canada, there's, there's a,
2: in
1: Canada there's they're a, probably more upset that you're a Christian <laughs> biker than a dangerous biker.
2: <laughs> well, that's probably the case, right? But again, this all comes with the territory. If, if you're not willing to give your all for for the work of Christ, uh, again, I don't know what to say to that. And I, and again, I think, I think Christianity, and I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't care what church you go to. I don't. I don't care. You know, if you're reformed or you're not reformed. Um, I think Christians have lost that drive to give it all for Christ. I think. I think that they're not intentional. I think that they don't know who they are and what their calling is. I think that. I think that they're fearful. I think that they lack faith, and that I've seen even Reformed people that have come up with an idea about doing some sort of evangelism give me so many excuses, pastors included, Reformed pastors, of why we have to wait and why we can't do it and why this and why that, and, and lost the opportunity to another church who God then said, okay, I'll give it to this church, and literally two weeks after this pastor came up with with the idea of doing it, but not following through, a church down the street had the same the same drive given to them to do this, and they did it. again, I think Christians at this at this time in history are at the weakest they've ever been, and, and I don't know how to change. It was part of my ministry was taking men who just needed some guidance, some proper teaching, um, someone to to show them this is how it's done, you know, like Paul did with Timothy, uh, you know, and, and donate and give my time and my effort into them.
1: In fact, Zach, yeah, we've got to go to enough. our final break. I don't think right there's now. enough people doing that. We, we're going to pick up right where you left off. We oh. have to go to our final break right now. Uh, don't go away. We'll be Perfect. right. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors.
4: James White of Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Bodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arns and Sharp Sharpen's Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code g 3 isir for your 30% discount off the registration fee.
1: It's such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland, who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft.
3: I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Athy in County Kildare, Ireland. Going back to 2005, one of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpen's Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpen's Iron Radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank, since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Warcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the Reformers. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the Triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit HeritagePresbyterianChurch.com. That's HeritagePresbyterianChurch.com. Or call 678-954-7831. That's 678-954-7831. If you visit, tell them Joe Riley, an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener from a in County Kildare, Ireland, sent you.
12: Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the Internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide. This is a day of great spiritual compromise, and yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com.
13: This is Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Souser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always.
1: When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Pastor Nate Pickowitz of Harvest Bible Church in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
13: I'm Pastor Rich Jensen of Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
4: I'm Pastor Sule
13: Prince of Oakwood Wesleyan Church in Toronto,
12: Ontario, Canada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor John Sampson of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, and the NASB is my Bible of choice.
13: I'm Pastor Chuck Volo of New Life Community Church
1: in
7: Kingsville, Maryland, And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
4: I'm Pastor Steve Herford of Eastport Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. And the NASB is my Bible of choice.
2: I'm Pastor Roy Owens, Jr. of the Church at Friendship in Hockley, Texas. And the NASB is my Bible
7: of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio
1: on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB and tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnson on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order.
14: I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love, Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God, like the dear saints at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and His doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reform Baptist Church, go to Reform li.net that's LI.net. or call 631-696-5711 that's 631-696-5711 tell the folks at Hope Reformed Baptist Church of Quorum Long Island, New York that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron.
10: If you love Iron Sharpen's Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Hansen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuko, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuoco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel, and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio
8: on the air. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award winning podcast. I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com.
5: Brian McLaughlin, president of the Securecom Group, and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arneson's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit SecureComGroup.com. That's SecureComGroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron radio on the air.
6: Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We're devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com Welcome back. And uh, Zach,
1: we have CJ in Lindenhurst, Long Island, New York, who asks, has there been a considerable number of bikers, especially those in the criminal gangs, who have come to Christ?
2: <clears throat> well, as we know, again, it's uh, it's not always easy to to measure that. You know, we we always say, you know, we're planting seeds, which I think is the truth in many cases. But you know, I could think of a couple that I know of for sure, and I would say, if there's one, even over 15 years of work in Arizona that it was well worth it <laughs> um, again it' it's it's a, it's a process in which we don't know we see the end result of but we just have to uh, be diligent in doing what we're called to do I mean I think that's that's the root of everything it doesn't matter uh, it, that's not for me you know that's not for me to know maybe uh, I'm just called to do what scripture says I'm called to do and what every Christian's called to do. And the outcome of that may be that God draws that person to Him, and maybe not. But again, that's not my concern. My concern is only that I, as a Christian, do what I am called to do based upon what Scripture tells me. And what is, I want to say is this: too. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, go ahead. Just just finish what you have you to know, say because we're running we're out coming, of time.
2: Okay, I, I want to say this: the the you know. Everything I did was intentional, and part of that intention was, at the end, was uh, planting a church. And, and you had mentioned parachurches, and I know a lot of people don't like parachurches. But what I would say is this. The parachurch really is probably doing the heaviest lifting out of all the churches, and it's, it's a much-needed thing. Uh, regular churches are not going to be where you know the, the lowest of the low people, so to speak, are going to go. Um, And planting the church in Phoenix, what we saw blossom from that was not just hardcore bikers, but we saw so many people coming to our our church that just felt like the church that they were going to um, wasn't loving them, wasn't caring for them, that they were looked down upon, all these types of things you hear. You know, there's a reality out there of that. So churches, parachurches serve a great need.
1: And please give our listeners any contact information that you care to share, if you do want to share that information.
2: Yes, sir. You could always find me on uh, on a Biker's Look. That's the the web address for uh, for my web page. There, you could also find my book on Amazon. Uh, you know, would appreciate if you go there again. Maybe not only for you, but maybe you have somebody that you want to uh, give the reform perspective to in a very kind of, you know, down-to-earth way. But, you know, do that as well. It would be very much appreciated.
1: And his name, by the way, my guest's name is spelled Z-A-K-S is in Sam, A-E-N as in Nancy, Z is in zebra. Thank you so much for being such an excellent guest today. Thank you, everybody who listened. I want you all to Thank always you. remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner.
0: Amen.